1: Welcome to Suplexes and Cervezas with Chavo Guerrero junior I'm your host, Chavo Guerrero Jr. Thanks for tuning in to the podcast today. Today's special guest is NBA player Tracy Murray. Tracy is a really good friend of mine and is a really big wrestling fan. In fact, I first met him backstage at a wrestling event in Toronto, I believe, growing up in California. Of course, I'd heard of Tracy Murray because he was such a basketball high school legend. At one time, he was the California all time leading scorer. And after high school, he went to UCLA, where he just tore it down and shot the lights out and became an NCAA legend. And then on to the pros, where he has a championship ring and also a 50-point NBA game. 50 points in one game in the NBA against the best players in the entire world. Such an accomplishment. Like I said, Tracy's a good friend of mine, loves wrestling, is always backstage at the wrestling events is really good friends with a lot of the wrestlers and really knows his wrestling in and out so today i bring to you tracy murray so what's going on man how you been
2: man i've been good man it's good to be on here with you brother
1: yeah no nah, thanks for doing this man you're out in vegas right now huh
2: yeah yeah out here uh my wife is teaching so um Oh nice! Normally we, we had to go back to Chino Hills for, for about three weeks. And then the, yeah. uh, Chino, Chino Unified decided to let them, uh, go back and teach from home again. So oh, I was good. like, okay, back to Vegas we go.
1: Yeah. 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 I guess they're going to be coming back to in, in classroom soon, right?
2: Well, that's, that was the plan and, and that's why she started in the classroom But then they pushed it back to, like, 2021. At least that's what we think. Uh, Yeah, yeah. I know it
1: it changes daily. My wife's a teacher also, and she's actually starting. She has students next week or the week after. You know, it changes every day. But, yeah, she's getting students, man.
2: Wow. I mean, you know, that's a... That's a good start, you know, to to be able to come back to some type of normalcy, man, where people can come back in. I mean, because out of everybody is getting cheated, man. The kids are getting cheated because they're not being able to socialize. And For that's sure. tough on them. That's For sure. tough. And they're, all,
1: they're all becoming really good at, uh, at uh, cheating, <laughs> you know, yeah. with, with the Internet and all that kind of stuff right there, you know.
2: Yeah, yeah. I mean that, and and not being able to see their friends. I mean that, that's where where you know they're suffering. But then they also get bored in front of the computers. Like I catch my my six year old sometimes just playing and just turning around like this, and I'm like, uh, Tiana, you got to look straight. You got to listen to your teacher.
1: They can barely keep their uh, attention span in front of the teacher, let alone right. on a computer.
2: Right. You know? Right. And then and then try an eight year old and a six year old. And they're in oh separate rooms and I'm so I'm going back and forth while my wife is teaching in another room. So, uh, so much for the what? golf game.
1: <laughs> uh-huh. Oh man, You're killing me with that, man. That's, Oh, I miss it too. Right now. It's been too hot. Well, like everything yeah. shut down. So when I shut down my golf game just went to crap cause I wasn't playing at all. Then it started opening back up. Like, all right, let's start playing a little bit. And you know, like we've played before, it's one of yeah. those that, that, you know, the first nine's getting warmed up second nine, my body starts moving and start playing a little bit better, but it's been so hot right now. It's like, Oh man, we got to get there really, really early or, or like a twilight.
2: Right. Absolutely. And, and same out here in Vegas. And, and I, and really LA has been hotter than Vegas lately. And, and you know, crazy man. I mean, 121 in Woodland Hills. Who, who would have thought, you know,
1: I, I have, I have no idea. I mean, that's, it's, that's insane. We're, 110 out here and that's super hot for us and i'm you know i'm four or five miles on the beach and that's that's insanely hot you know We can get to you know 95 okay whatever but 110 like all my yeah. plants are dying i was spraying them down with water and they're dying
2: <laughs> uh, yeah i know it's it's just a different look for for anything near the water you know it's usually you can count on that to be a little bit cooler but it, it's been scorching out there
1: yeah, you know what? I'm, I'm, like I said, close to the beach, and the beach is usually about 10 degrees cooler than I am. At the beach, it was 95 degrees. It,
2: yeah, It was crazy. Yeah, and um, when, when I do go out there and, and golf, and I, I usually go see my boy Troy Grant. Uh, he helps me with my swing from time to time, and he's out mm-hmm. at, at a Long Beach, okay. and it's normally real cool out there, and he said it's right. been up out there, so I can imagine what he's doing over there with you.
1: It's a hot one, man. You're, you're a Cali boy, man, growing up in, in Glendora.
2: Oh, yeah. You know, Pasadena boy, uh, went to Glendora right, Pasadena, High. Yeah. Right. yeah, you know, family moved to Laverne before moving to Vegas. My brother's still in Upland. Um, uh, I go back and forth. So, I, you know, I'm just because I'm gone, it doesn't mean I left. You know, I'm, I'm still there. I work there. So, there's a lot going on still in, in Cali.
1: Well, that you're you're that uh, that Cali legend, man. We'd all heard about you, you know, before I'd ever met you. Were you know growing up a basketball fan and a basketball player as a kid, you know, we, we all knew Glendora and Tracy Murray, the Murray brothers, and you know all the you know all the other ones that were there. But finally meeting you at backstage and you being a wrestling fan, I was like, wow, all right, this is awesome, man. He's tall.
2: <laughs> well, shoot, come on, man. I mean, we we felt the same way about the Guerreros. You know, I grew up, you know, a wrestling fan, and and uh, my cousin Gavin, who God rest his soul, you met him a few times. uh, He was born with spinal bifida. He's the reason why I got Mm -hmm. into wrestling, and um, you know, I miss you know sitting up there with him talking wrestling, talking, uh, talking about the Monday Night Wars because you guys were huge in the Monday Night Wars. And uh it was a great time for wrestling. It was a great time to, to, to be around it. I, I really enjoyed uh meeting you guys and then becoming brothers and uh God bless Eddie, Miss Eddie. Right. Um uh, I'll never forget where I was in two thousand five. I was in Saloniki, Greece, playing uh-huh. uh for, for Pauk. There were ten others that passed at that same time. Like within Oh yeah like 10, 12 days of each other. And then Eddie was the last straw, bro. It's like I, I, when when he went, I, I remember, and I, I've told you the story before, where I'm laying there stretching with my team and, we're, you know, my back is on the floor. I'm looking up at the ceiling of the arena. I have my knees to my chest and I'm stretching. And then all of a sudden just tears just start streaming down my eyes, bro. And it was like, it was just too much. It was too much to happen at that time. Eddie was the last straw. Uh, Eddie, man, i tell you, he, that was a special dude. Man, he was a cool, cool brother.
1: It was different for me because I was so, he was my brother, literally. And right, so right. close to him. But I, I see what you're saying because recently we had, you know, the great one, Kobe, passed away. And yeah. it affected me, man. And like mm-hmm. literally being a huge Kobe fan and a Laker fan and going up here in Southern California, Kobe was everything, you know, such a, a big in the community and, um, you know, great with the kids and, and Especially just Especially
2: awesome. in your area.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Totally. Newport beach area. He's, you know, yeah. known my, our good friend, we used to see him at the, you know, the grocery store and it was just Kobe, just hanging out, you know? So to have him pass away like that, you know, not different levels, but at the same time I feel it, man, it was like, God, like it really affected me. Like when I heard of his passing, I was just in shock and kind of for a day or two, kind of like, what, what what just happened? Like, is this, does this really happen? You know, did it really, did, did Kobe, is Kobe gone? And oh man, it just really affected me.
2: Yeah. I mean, uh, I mean, when, when, when people hit you in a certain way, they impact your life and impact you and you have good times with these people and they become a part of your life. And then now all of a sudden they're gone. It's just a tough yeah. thing. Like, like yesterday was, was my brother, Sean Rooks, uh birthday and he passed in two thousand sixteen and talking about hanging, I mean we were we were really brothers, man. It's like I, I saw that or, man, it just you know I, I saw your post. Yeah, it's just it's just something that I, I just it's, you can't let go of the people that you love, man. It's just tough.
3: Mhm.
1: I didn't know how big he was. I knew he was big, but no, no, six he was
2: eleven really was, and he hung gosh, out dang. in the Orange County area too. Yeah. You know, he was he was always yeah, at wow. Newport Beach playing on the on the on the uh the beach courts over there and we mm-hmm. played in a lot of leagues together. We worked out together while in the NBA. We played against each other uh when he was at Arizona and I was at UCLA and uh he went to wow. Fontana High when I was at Glendora High. So we've been knowing each other since eighty five. And wow. you know, yeah. So I mean mm-hmm. this goes back to high school and, and then, you know, to Remained close through all of those years and then all of a sudden to lose him and then we coached together at the Bakersfield Jam uh D League came before it became G League and before all the NBA teams had affiliates we were coaching together with, with my college coach Jim Herrick so we went through the coaching things together you know we 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 went through you know we always celebrate each other's birthdays and showed up at each other's parties and uh, we we're at each other's house all the time his, his his son and daughter Cam and Kayla they're like my, they're like my niece and nephew it's just it's just tough man it's just tough losing him
1: mm. yeah man that's that's tough that's tough to hear yeah shifting a little bit um, obviously you are a tall kid growing up did you grow up playing basketball
2: yeah I, I grew up um, I think uh, my dad told me this story I, I, he used to roll me to the gym in a stroller and put me in a corner and I would start crying and you know, I wouldn't shut up. And then yeah. what happened was the ball that they were playing with they gave me the ball and that shut me up. So I I think my dad knew something then. I was infatuated right. with the game in a stroller. And then I was his I was his shadow. Every time he went to the gym, I went to the gym. You know, he took me with him and um I think I started in basketball camps at five, six years old. Uh, and and, you know that was the only game I really loved I played baseball I was a good Mm -hmm. pitcher I couldn't hit the ball but once I got hit with that ball it was a wrap Uh, I I think (laughs) I was those things
1: hurt man (laughs) I was
2: too tall I was too tall and wasn't big enough to play football you know they would have been cutting at my knees and that wouldn't have been good for me Um, but basketball was it you know that that, that was that was my love
1: yeah when did you realize that you were um, better than everybody else (laughs)
2: Well, um, early in basketball camps, I grew up in Michael Cooper and Michael Holton's basketball camps uh, in right. Pasadena because, of course, they're Pasadena products. They were they were blessed and fortunate enough to make it to the NBA as well. Um, so when you learn from a good family like my my family, my dad and my uncles, and they were all like right in the semi pro area when it comes to basketball. But then you know, my dad used to you know babysit Michael Cooper when he was young. So oh, to really? be yeah, so past in the football, man. Cool. So, so, Coop. So, That's when, right. when, when you learn from greats like Coop and Michael Holden, mm-hmm. who, who played in the league for many years, too, UCLA uh, alum, um, you learn right from them and you soak it up like a sponge. I, I was pretty good as a kid. Um, yeah. When, when I got to 14, eighth grade, um, I I was, starting to, you know, make a name for myself. And then all of a sudden, um, uh, my hip starts bothering me. I'm wondering what it is. Um, and I, I you know, I, I can't pronounce the, the term of it. It was like my hip had was starting to slip because I grew five ten to six, four in that summer months from eighth to ninth grade year. So it was a major, uh, growth spurt. that I. How much grew. did you grow? From five ten to six four in three months. Wow! Yeah, I, wow. I did a lot of sleeping no that summer. It was a tons I of bet. sleeping that summer. All I did was sleep and play.
1: Are you on drugs?
2: Yeah. <laughs> That's what <they're> about. <laughs> yeah. Are you on drugs? Yeah, yeah. They, put I on, they put me on something. They stressed <laughs> me out. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> uh, but, but my body was not taking that well. Um, my I, you know you know just being being a wrestler mm. and being an athlete that your core is is, is very important. To to your your body development, for sure. I was a chubby kid, so and chubby, big, slow. Uh, they used to call me corn fed, all of that, you know. And I didn't have a strong core, so my hip started growing outside the socket, mm-hmm. and my you know I didn't have a core to support the growth. So they cut the curved part out and in place. They put um, eight screws in place. And my bone had to mend back together. So yeah, one my left leg is a little bit shorter than my right leg, but I probably would have been about six, eight, six, nine. You know, six, eight and a half, six nine if mm-hmm. I if if I still had everything right. But I, I you know, they told me I'll never play again. Um, and then I met this wonderful doctor. I even went down to Andrews and he told me, you know, this is a long time ago. It was before really? um, you know, before the hip was with a problem. It was way before then, mm-hmm. but right here in you know in Los Angeles, California, you know Children's Hospital, uh, Doctor Stanford Noel, man, he said he, you know, he'll fix me up and, and get me back right. And, and this was after like six doctors had told me I'll never play again. Uh, So oh. you know, oh, it is, was a this, bat- is,
1: this is an Andrew fix right here. This bicep,
2: yeah, <laughs> he fixed that. Yeah, you still
1: guys got a. I still got a sore of scar. Let me see. Where's that scar at? Right, <laughs> a, a scar, a big, old, yeah. big old zipper right there. That's an Andrew yeah. fix.
2: Yeah. yeah, I, I know. I, I mentioned Andrews because, you know, mm-hmm. he's the best. He's the best. And, and you guys go to Andrews all the time. It's like everybody that gets, you know, has to have a surgery in right. wrestling to go right down to Andrews. Um, so I, I just knew that he was the best. And, and this was mm-hmm. back when I was in eighth grade. And, you know, this was something he had never seen before. You know, wow. something different. Um, so, so you
1: missed your, I, your freshman year, right?
2: Yes. I missed my freshman year of high school. Um, I came back my sophomore year at 6'5", mm-hmm. um, in which, you know, at that time, um, I had lost whatever traction that I, I had gained. I had, it was almost like starting over again. Uh, wow. Everybody that I was better than was ranked ahead of me, you know, so I had a major chip on my shoulder. And I came back that year, averaged about, you know, between 25 and 28 points a game, my sophomore year and then uh that summer uh, you know it was like being reintroduced back to aau again Mm -hmm. and uh i was figuring that out had a good summer went back the next year my junior year averaged 31 a game went into that summer uh we went to nike camp and uh it's an east coast bias camp i was put on a team full of east coast guys no one knew my game i didn't know their game didn't have a good camp. Now they said the West Coast was a disappointment. And, and Ed O'Bannon played with Kenny Anderson. So he came out big of that Andrew, camp. Yeah, big Ed, he, yeah. big Ed. Ed came out of that camp, you know, highly ranked. And, and he was supposed to be the best guy on the West Coast, you know, mm-hmm. because he played with a great guard that knows how to play.
1: With, he's younger than you, right?
2: Yes. And, Ed's, and Ed's all a you, right. He's, he's a than that's right. He's a year younger. And with all of us coming back, you know, and all of us, quote unquote, were disappointments except for Ed, you know, I know I had a chip on my shoulder, and you know, and and I came back that season and my dad said, okay, you messed up in Nike camp, you did well in AAU, you're ranked around 80-something, you're trying to be a McDonald's All-American, this is what you're going to have to do if you're going to get there, you're going to have to. Average over 40 points a game. You're going to have to lead the nation in scoring. You're going to have to be California State Player of the Year. You're going to have to be Regional Player of the Year. And then maybe they'll consider you for McDonald's All-American uh, and get to the state championship and win it. So I did almost all of it except for the state championship and win it. I got there, but we lost
3: it. Mm. I, I
2: averaged, over, I averaged 45, 44.3 points a game, close to 45, uh, 14 rebounds a game. I led the nation in scoring. Um and then I ended up making the McDonald's All-American team which which is definitely an honor being one of the top right. 24 25 players in the nation.
1: Right. And California all-time leading scorer at a time, right? Yep,
2: absolutely. And, then only and I only playing three years. And
1: only playing 3 years, that's insane.
2: Oh, uh, if I had that fourth year no one would have touched it. <laughs> I know. I know who's who's
1: who is who is it now? Who's the uh the leading scorer now?
2: Ah, not sure. I'm not. I I know at one point it was Casey Jacobson, myself, and my brother, and we all went to Glendora High, and we all played for Coach Mike. Oh my God! If you can score, Coach Mike Lee Duke will put you in a position where you can score a lot of points. He knows Texas knows, and he'll put you in position even through triangle twos, boxing ones, trick defenses. He'll find a way to put you in position to you know to succeed because he wants to win. So. Mm. He'll find a way to use your talents to, to win. I mean, right. I, I looked at what my brother did, and you know, he did it four years, and he was number two, and he was a point guard. And, you know, I, I'm like, mm. dude, why didn't you just go ahead and just take it? <laughs> you know, but he averaged over twenty some, twenty something a game in high school at his freshman year on up. So I mean, he was California State Player wow. of the Year, uh, co Player of the Year with Ed, uh, with Charles Abandon. Uh, his sophomore Jones, year, the younger brother, yeah, mm-hmm. yep, yep. So, wow. so you know, my my brother did you know pretty much eclipsed everything I've done too. It's just he was shorter.
1: Yeah, and then UCLA,
2: right? Now, and that, that that was interesting.
1: Yeah, I'm sure you. I'm sure you were recruited by everybody. What made you go to UCLA?
2: Oh man, as I say again, man, that process was. It kind of played itself out. Mm-hmm. Like my, I, I was. I, I wanted to go to Arizona at first because mm-hmm. they were the very first ones to send me a letter and recruit me. Uh, God rest, uh, Lou Olson. So he just passed away. And we used to laugh and Hall joke about that. Yes, Hall of Famer, uh, legend. Of course. Um, you know, whenever I went to back to, to, to broadcast over the last 11 years back to Arizona, I would always find him out of the crowd and go say hello and, and, and talk about it. We'd laugh about it old times. Uh, um, but I, I wanted to go there because Wayne Womack was my best friend and he went to John Muir and, and, and we were really close growing up in Pasadena. So I, mm-hmm. I wanted to go there with him. I would have gone there with Sean Rooks, you know, so it it was it would have fit me pretty good. But they called me. Kevin O'Neill was the assistant. And he called me and said they couldn't recruit me anymore. So that eliminated Arizona altogether before I even narrowed down my five. You know, so my my, my five was New Mexico because I liked uh, Scott Duncan, who's a great recruiter, and Dave Bliss was going to let me just do my thing, and I was going to be playing with Luke Lonely. Mm, So that was like a long shot, go there, you know, put up numbers and leave and play with a great center. Um, Villanova was my fourth. I loved Rowley Massimo. Yeah, they were
3: a
1: powerhouse at that time.
2: Yes, absolutely. He has a national championship, God rest his soul, too. Um, mm. and, 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 and it was fashionable back then to go to the big East for, if you're a Western sure. player, do you go to the big East and you get your respect? Uh, that's if I was going to do that. Um, the third one was Louisville, um, wow. coach crumb, UCLA alum, uh, wooden disciple at the time, Allen Houston. I, I didn't know until the recruitment started. Allen Houston is my cousin and, okay. and. And Wade Houston, his dad, was the assistant. So when he left to go to Tennessee and Allen went with him to Tennessee, I was like, well, I'm not going to Tennessee. I don't know anything about Tennessee. So that kind of eliminated Louisville. And then it was down to UNLV and UCLA. And UNLV –
1: was your relationship at Powerhouse already with came?
2: Yes, yes. I grew up with Stacy Ogman. Stacy Ogman and Wayne Woman played on the same yeah. team. It would have been the high school I would have went to if I stayed in, in, in Pasadena, you John Muir. So I grew up yeah. with Stacey Ogman. That's another person I was real comfortable with, with going and playing with. They had Larry Johnson and Greg Anthony and Anderson Hunt and all these guys. Uh, I mean <laughs> it was a a, a powerhouse. Yeah. You know, they won in ninety one. So um, I, I went to their right. their team team camps. Every oh
1: man, that was huge.
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah. You I went to their team camps every summer. Uh, so so I, I Tarcanian coached my dad in junior college. So it was it was everything was pointing to UNLV. I was about ready to sign to wow. go to UNLV, and <laughs> then the infamous picture of the you know the players with the mobster in the in the, in the hot tub, and then they went right. on probation soon after. So that left-standing, UCLA, and I've always loved UCLA anyway. You know, the, the tradition, the second to none, about how many NBA players come out of there and the education and all of that, where it was located, staying home, you know, uh, parents being able, my brother being able to come to the games watch, and I would still be able to support my brother and go to his games. It worked itself out.
1: And then UCLA – you played three years. You left. Yeah. You left for your, your senior year. You didn't. You didn't. Uh, you didn't stay. You joined the draft. But in three years, you let the Pac-10 in in three point shooting with fifty yeah. percent. What are you? That's insane. Fifty percent yeah. three point shooting average. I, that's <laughs> that, that's unheard of.
2: Well, it, what was crazy about that year, Travel was was um, I was on the Pan American team that summer, the ninety one mm-hmm. Pan American team, and Jimmy Jackson breaks his if he doesn't break his leg, uh, get a stress fracture, we win the gold. No question in my mind. But he gets hurt, which was a crucial part of what we were doing. Gene Cady, who was the coach, relied a lot on Jimmy Jackson. So mm-hmm. he didn't groom anybody else to step up and be in that position to, to feel comfortable enough to play their game and, 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 and win. So we end up losing to Puerto Rico end up getting a bronze. I mean, mm-hmm. we were undefeated up until that game. Right. And then we lose that game, and then we get a bronze. We don't even get a silver. We get a bronze. And then all of a sudden, in comes Dream Team 1 next year because we messed up. Mm-hmm. And um, But that experience of playing with Jimmy, Walt Williams, Grant Hill, Christian Leitner, all of the top guys in college that year, I, I, don't, I thought they should have had Shaq on the team. I don't know what happened between right. Shaq and USA Basketball at the time. But being part of... Yeah,
1: he got dissed a couple of different times. He didn't even yeah. make the Dream Team. They they brought Leitner instead of him. And right. I mean, nothing against Leitner, of course, but it was Shaq, Shaquille O'Neal, you know? Right. And he didn't make the Dream Team. And I mean, he got dissed a couple of times. And no wonder he's... I think that's what happens... Is when great players, good players, become great, like yourself, is that you get that chip on your shoulder? And you got, you're out to prove something. You're going to go out there and start going, and then he became, you know, Shaq, Shaq Diesel. Absolutely,
2: absolutely, absolutely. It created a major chip on his shoulder. He felt disrespected, mm-hmm. and and um, you know, so being able to play with those guys, it gave me a different confidence. You know, I knew I was amongst the college elite going into my last year. And, you know, being, especially being the youngest guy on that team and getting a little bit of time and and then, you know, being selected and going into that year, the next year, I've just felt like, I felt like I was one of the best in the nation. So I played like it.
1: That's awesome, man. Relate that to wrestling. It's kind of the same thing in the sense that you grew up playing with all of these guys that you played against in the NCAA you know, tournament and stuff, Mm -hmm. Leitner and Grant Hill and the people you're talking about. So you guys knew each other pretty well. It's not like all of a sudden you just saw, you know, you just faced each other twice on whether it be the tournament or during the season. you have actually been, you knew these guys, you knew their game, you knew what they were about, everything and vice versa.
2: Yeah, definitely. Especially, you know, coming up in the AAU circuit, you know, you play against everybody. I played, Against all of these top guys, you know all of those top guys coming out of New York—Kenny Anderson, Jamal Mashburn, mm-hmm. Conrad McRae, Jamal Faulkner—all those guys knew about me because we played against each other every wow. summer. You know Brian Reese, Adrian Archery. I mean, th- there were some great basketball players coming out of New York at that time. And you know, if you wanted any type of respect, you got—you know—you got to make your your name on New York, or you got to make your name on the on, on the Jimmy Jacksons and the Lawrence Thunderbergs of the world at the time that was in our class. You know, right. Aaron, B- Aaron Bain, George Lynch. These are guys that that were McDonald's All-Americans, and, and and you have, you know, if you if you face them, you got even, you know, facing Allen Houston, who was my cousin. I mean, I gave Kentucky fifty in the in the uh, in the AAU tournament in Las Vegas. You know, you got to yeah. play well against these big name guys if you're going to be considered for anything.
1: You know, that's cool. Just learning about. We pro athletes, we definitely have the respect for other pro athletes in other other sports, and you and I have talked about this before. Absolutely, but it's it's very relatable. Even though I've never been that in you know an NBA pro athlete, it's it's all very very similar. Stop
2: it! Stop it! It's all very
1: similar, but it's the stop same it. thing to where we're all you know respect each other in that in that sense. But it's it's very the same trials and tribulations, you know.
2: Well, let's let's I have to. That's why I said stop it. <laughs> let's, let's, now let's parallel this to what you did, okay? You were in the NBA for your level of what you were doing. True. Very no, true. I'm not trying to hear that, Chabo. You, <laughs> you're at the top, brother. You you're, know, right, bro. you're right, you're right, yeah, you're right. Yeah, so so yeah, but you're absolutely right. We we paralleled and we understand and we respect all athletes because we've all we're all doing it on that level, the top level. And mm-hmm. it's, it's tough, you know, it's tough it staying is. on top and on that level for a certain amount of time because you've got so many people nipping at your heels.
1: Yeah, you know? everybody's trying to get a piece of you and knock you off your pedestal. Yeah, and absolutely. what you do one day, and I remember Vince McMahon telling me this, I, I came out and we had like a, I don't know if it was Rust and Ray or something, and we came out of the pay-per-view match and just... Tore it down, man. We had an awesome match. And he looks at me, and goes, man, you guys, you with know voice. You guys tore it down. That was incredible. And I'm like, oh, hey, thanks, Vince. It's awesome. And then all of a sudden he goes, but you have all these, these medals on your chests. When you wake up in the morning, they're all gone. And you have to do it again. And I was like, "God, he's right. You're only as good as your next match because your last is done. It's over. You're only as good as what you're going to do tonight or tomorrow. That's it.
2: Consistency is the key. And you got to be consistently good every night to maintain your level in whatever business that you're in, especially in the sports world. And you have to stay healthy, too. You know, that's, yeah, that's, yeah. that's the key.
1: And it's not just staying healthy. Because how often did you play a hundred percent. It doesn't happen very often. You're, you're always injured. You're, I was injured for 18 straight years. I always say that you're playing to be the best on your worst day. Yep. That's what Absolutely. I, you know, what I say and It's a quote that I stole from somebody, but definitely you're playing to be the best on your worst day because you're never a hundred percent healthy. We go out there and we play, we always playing at, you know, 70, 75%. If we're lucky, we're in the 92, 93 percentile, but that doesn't happen very often.
2: Right, right. And it's like we always, the trainer always said, are you hurt or are you injured? Because it's a difference. difference. We all play. we all played hurt. You know, That's right. hurt is, hurt is. you know, you go out there and you perform at the highest level. You may not feel good. You may be sick. You may be hurt, but you, you're still at the high level. You're doing your thing. You get through it mm-hmm. onto the next match if you're injured, that just means you cannot go. You've you broken your arm or your leg or something and you absolutely cannot go. And looking at the NBA today and you're looking at, you know, players sitting out, you know, I'm like, they wouldn't allow me to sit out back in the day. I was a worker. <laughs> that was wrestling,
1: bro. Yeah, <laughs> was it's like... No, there was no sitting out, man.
2: Me and you both, we were worker beats. We weren't the franchise. That's right. You know, and, and, and it's like... The franchise, a nail comes off, you know, and they'll, you know, and it starts bleeding. Okay, you can take, you know, three days off because they invested a lot of money in those guys. Us? No. Get your ass back out there and play. Or get your ass back out there in the ring and then get to work. You know, and it's like we didn't have that luxury. So at one point, I was number two behind A.C. Green when it came to games played consecutively. Because you know, I, I took right. pride in coming to work. I took pride in playing through. Um, and 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 when you do that, you're not only but, playing you but, you're but playing not through a virgin, injuries.
1: but not a virgin like AC. <laughs>
2: <Yeah. laughs> no, no. Hats off to AC. I love AC, but we're always, yeah, we always
1: was the virgin all through his his uh, you know his NBA career and stuff. And that was that was his thing. And he's like he was waiting for the right girl. It's, that was awesome.
2: Explained, was how, explained how strong he was. Did not hit <laughs> that. That got <laughs> strong All of us. <laughs> I think
1: that's what happens though with with professional athletes that as long as we we parlay that correctly, we we get successful in other things other than sports because we know what it takes to be successful in our sport and how much you have to grind and just push and keep going and keep going for years and years and years that we're able to parlay that into business or, you know, whether it be, you know, whatever. It's something else. But I think that's why we continue to stay successful in other businesses and other um, aspects of our lives.
2: Yeah, because... It, it doesn't stop, especially right. when you when you're in our era, in, in mm-hmm. our area of the worker bee area, because right. we got to work for the rest of our lives. We're not the ones that have that contract where we can go retire and kick our feet up and play golf every day. Right. We we can't right. do that. We got to parlay this into something else, into something else, so we can have a comfortable lifestyle for our family. You know, it right, doesn't right. stop for us. And so, so that we're, we're able to keep working into different areas. And
1: then you look at those guys that, you know, guys like The Rock and Cena, that they, they have been the guy and yeah. they're able to sit back. If they want, they can sit back and relax. But no, they're still pushing and still pushing. It's the same work Absolutely. ethic that we have. Those guys just, you know, they don't, they just keep going because of the fact that they want to strive to be the best. And it's, it sometimes becomes a little bit of an addiction, but you, we have to like balance that a little bit with, okay, let me, be the best, but now let me sit on my couch and be the best <laughs> at chilling out.
3: You know,
2: right, right, right. And, and you know, and that's that obsessive drive that the singers and the rocks have. Right. That was Kobe and and, and, and uh, Mike. That was Kobe and MJ. Mm-hmm. That obsessive. I'm, I want to be the best. I'm, I'm going to be a workaholic, even though I have all this talent. And mm-hmm. they're just different. They're different than everybody else. Well, I remember um, you're <laughs> right about you're right about us though. Yeah, you're right about us. You know, I remember like, Isaiah Thomas.
1: Yeah, I remember Isaiah Thomas and I remember him talking about that how good he was. He said that his brother was more talented than him but just didn't have his work ethic. Mm -hmm. that he just didn't that's what i mean this is something that i had heard him in an interview he said my brother was he was better than me but he just didn't have the work ethic wasn't there to keep pushing and keep striving so you got guys like jordan and kobe and lebron and they just they have that talent and that work ethic that makes Mm -hmm. them the upper echelon of of all time you know
2: Uh, i have that in my family my brother was the more talented the better player Mm -hmm. Uh, i admit it cameron murray was better than me I had the size. I was always told I couldn't. I wasn't able to. I'm not going to make it. So I had an extra chip on my shoulder in which I always had to work. Right. It became natural to him. Everything was, When it's that natural to you, then you feel like you can balance things and do other things and not focus on that. And then oh, that's yeah. where he felt. And he'll tell you to this day. He'll tell you. He tells us, AAU program this all the time. Mm-hmm. Is where he fell short at was where I was focused, He he was out, you know, trying to party and chase girls and stuff like that. To where I stayed focused on what what my goal was, and and Uh he tells our he tells our our kids that all the time, and 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 we try to teach our AAU AAU teams based on our mistakes, and and he he, he's a hundred percent real with them all the time.
1: Yeah, thank God I didn't party and chase girls. <laughs> no, no, man. You know, and, and we back to what you were saying a little bit before I cut you off. We're kind of the same in the sense that we balance our jobs with our family life. Yeah, and we we work, and you and I have talked about this on the phone. We work. To that that we can hang out with our families. That's why that's why I do what I do. Still, is that I can go, you know, take a vacation when I want, you know, have a nice house, a nice roof over my head, go out to sushi when I want that kind of stuff. That's why we keep doing what we do, you know.
2: Right, absolutely. And 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 I realized something when I got to the NBA at 20 years old. I realized the NBA is not real basketball, mm-hmm. and what I mean by that is when there's money involved, there's politics. Oh, yeah. They have in their mind, the owners have in their mind of who they think that can put asses in seats, who they can sell merch and jerseys and stuff like that. So when that is all figured out and you finally understand that, then it's like, okay, this is the box I'm in. I got to maximize this box if I'm going to last long in this league. Uh-huh. Or if I try to fight that and still try to, knock one of those stars off the top, I'm not going to last very long because that star is going to say, I don't like playing with this dude. And I'm going to be a there. So very much like Russ. Yeah. It's, it's in parallel throughout every sport, anything that even in right. corporate America, corporate America is the same way. You know, you got those that are right up underneath the boss. The boss believes that they can push whatever product that they're selling. And then all of a sudden this guy hungry guy underneath is trying to pull that guy down and this guy goes and tells the boss, hey, this guy is not cooperating, and then they get rid of him. It. It's the same thing mm-hmm. on, across the board. So it's like, okay, I am in this box. I'm not Obviously, I'm not here to be the best in the world or one of the best uh, uh, on the team. So I'm going to continue to work on my game, continue to be a workaholic I am, but then try to enjoy it a little bit better and try to get my family to understand that this is what it is. It's not going right. to change. So get off my back because I understand what it is, and, and I'm trying to get you to understand what it is, and and then we can all enjoy the experience a little bit more than just being miserable up in it, and you're grinding, and you're just constantly running your head into a wall. Right,
1: right. It's said like we're in for the, uh, the, the, the long haul as opposed to the, yes. the quick – pick a shoot, you know, right. So they're going to play for three four years and then get out. No, we're, we're, we're playing for our entire lives. And that's the way you and I, and that's the way I like it. That's the way we roll. That's, yeah. I like to be busy and keep continually get better and better myself at something. And I was like always a late bloomer in my life anyway. So it's like, all right, now I'm hitting my stride. You know, when yeah. people are hitting it at 30, I'm hitting it at, you know, 50 because it's just the way it is.
2: Yeah, I mean, at the end of the day, if you're going to be one of those guys that are bucking the system, it's not going to last. You're going to be three and out, two and out, constantly fighting. You're going to have a bad attitude, and no one, and you're going to get blackballed. And once you get blackballed or blacklisted, no one wants to work with you. And then life is right. a struggle. So at some point, you got to buy into what's being said, what they want you to do, and your role changes on every team you get traded to or Sure. organization you go to WWE was different from you know back in the day with TNA I mean not, uh, not TNA but um, the Monday Night Wars you know it's like
1: yeah WCW sure
2: yeah WCW I mean I, your role was different in, in, in both of them you know mm-hmm. I, I'm pretty sure you have more rope in one than the other and that's how it is with, with team portrayed you know and, and sure. regardless and, and you're also thinking about whatever coach is coming up in there he's trying to make a name for himself and trying to win your role might change too. So right. it's like whatever box I'm in with that team or with that coach, I have to maximize that. That's why you saw first three years sitting on the bench. Okay, I sat on the bench and got got a championship with Houston. Um, then I go to Toronto, different box. You know, all, right. the only the only thing that's working politically is for Damon Statenberg because he was the draft pick. Isaiah Thomas was the general manager. He brought us in there and say, hey, whoever wants that second spot, go get it. Ooh, right. cool. yeah. So I went and got it. That's right. You know, so I knew what it was like to be a franchise player and the responsibility of the top two guys on the team. It's tough. Now, the top oh, yeah. two guys on the team, you have to go appearance over here, appearance over there, charity event here, co chairman of this charity, um, public service announcements, uh, commercials. Corporate meetings, meetings about the team because you're making decisions on who's going to play with you. So you have all of that responsibility. Um, The guys that are in the middle, the worker bees, like we were most, that's the easiest spot because all you got to do is you come to work every day, you practice, you play, you go home to your family. The ones at the end, they're nipping and trying to pull you down because they're barely hanging on. So... The so yeah. top and the bottom are rough. The easiest spot is in the middle.
1: You got those guys that, you know, the, 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 the franchise player, and everybody thinks it's just, you know, roses. Like, all right, you can just, um, you know, you get the championship spot. I'll, I'll, re- I'll relate it in wrestling terminology. You get the championship matches, and, you know, you're in the main events, and you get the money. That, that's just, that starts it. Right. These guys do the guys like Cena, you know, guys like um, um, The Rock when, they were, when he was there. They never stopped. I mean, right. Cena was you know, doing all the stuff with Make a Wish, and we talked mm-hmm. about, about that. That one time, I, I go backstage, and it was at a house show, and he's got 500 pictures that he's got to, you know, he's got to sign, and that's every single night because you, that you know he's the guy. I remember looking at him going, "Make that change, man, just keep going." He's like. That's yeah. right. Because it's not going to come. You, you got to keep pushing. And he would just keep yeah. pushing, keep pushing. Parents and, this, and there's no time for a family life. There's no time for kids. There's no time for that kind of stuff. I enjoyed having family time and all that stuff. I don't want to work forever. <laughs> you know what I mean? I don't right. want to just work and work and work and work. It's not worth it to me. What am I working for? I'm working for my family. So if I can't enjoy them, why am I doing this?
2: Right, right. And, and you hit it right on the head with, with Cena and the rocks and I mean that's that's how it is with the Lebrons of the world, the Mike right. Johnsons and all, and Michael Jordans and Kobe and Shaq's and Jackson, all of them. It's like look at look Shaq's on every commercial right now. He's still working. I know. And, 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 that guy's everywhere. It's, it's, yeah, it's it's not easy, man. It's not easy. You have to can, if you're in that spot. There's so many people tugging at you, and and right. if they're not tugging at you individually, they're tugging at you from your agent. They're tugging at you from the organization that you're with. And they're like, "Okay, you got to go do this. You got to go do this. You got it's not easy, man. It's not. It's, yeah, yeah. You you barely have time to sleep. Shaq doesn't sleep, man. He doesn't sleep. I played on the team with him before. He doesn't sleep.
1: A lot of those guys are like that. You know, Dwayne doesn't sleep. You know, Vince McMahon doesn't sleep. Those guys they sleep Dwayne four hours and they're up Going, they don't sleep. It just goes. Kobe go, didn't you sleep know? either.
2: Yeah, really? Yeah, absolutely. Wow. Yeah, no, they, those guys did not sleep. Kobe started his workout at three thirty in the morning. Oof. So what time did he go to sleep? Especially if That's he's right. got a, a wife and kid, what time did he go to sleep? He saw he's okay. He right, he's not, said yeah. good night, and, and a kid said what nine o'clock. So mm-hmm. so you're up at like 1.30, going to the gym to start your three o'clock three thirty in <laughs> the morning right. workout. It's like right right. They, these guys don't stop, man.
1: Man, you got a fifty point game, fifty point NBA game. If you guys, if anybody's listening yeah. here, if they haven't looked it up on YouTube or looking it up on, on uh, Tracy's uh, social media, you couldn't miss that night, man. Everything I saw, it was <laughs> you just in the right place at the right time and it just at, at, at always. It was awesome, man, to see.
2: Yeah, that, that night with Washington, you know, I, and, and with Washington, I was the sixth man. And yeah. um, what, what happened with them was there was no... Oh, that's Juan right. It was Howard. to Washington, not with yeah. Toronto. So I, had a right. 40, I had a 40-point game with Toronto. Uh, I was, I, me and Earl was the franchise leader before Vince Car- uh, Carter came and took down Vince. all the records. Yeah,
3: but, yeah, yeah. But,
2: but so I had a you know a pretty big night for them too, um, and no one knew about the Toronto stuff because they didn't really focus on Toronto back in the day. Right, so the right. First couple of years. Uh, I haven't Vince had a forty-point
1: game it. at the at the Y. <laughs> Not in <laughs> the NBA, brother.
2: <laughs> hey, so, so that that night we're in Golden State is right after All Star break. Um, that was the year I went to the three point shooting contest, and I didn't do yep. very well. Um, mm-hmm. Me, it, that was the only time I was in. I wish I was in more, but that was the only. But that goes back to the you know the politics I was talking about. Of course, um, you know if they feel like I, I, I could sell units, I would have been in more three point contests. Um, but the first people that was out in that contest was me, Glenn Rice, and uh, uh, Reggie Miller. Oh, wow. all of us, uh, all of us that are capable of you know winning yeah. or you know. Hitting yeah. three pointers all the time, we were the first ones out. Now, that was crazy <laughs> that, to, to 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 see you sit next to them and we're out.
1: They should have um, put but, a hand in your face. So they would put a hand yeah, in your face. You guys they, all would have been, to, you know.
2: <laughs> <laughs> exactly. So 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 I leave there kind of feeling like an all star because I was involved in all star weekend. Absolutely. So I, I, you know, having it's no different than the than the uh, Pan American Games going into my junior year at UCLA. I, I felt like an all star. So. I show up to practice. We're in Oakland. Um, we're going to play in, a, in, a, in an arena, which I already scored 64 points in in the state championship game. So mm. I know Gosh, the background. Dear. I have a swagger there. Um, so I'm walking in early to go work out and you got have the ushers, oh, we don't want any sixty-four point games tonight. So I was like, so I'm already feeling kind of good about myself walking into that arena. And so, you know, warm up, felt pretty good, got loose, knew I was gonna start because there was no Weber, no Howard, uh, no George MiraSan. I mean, we only had seven players and we signed Lawrence Moulton, who used to play at Syracuse, We signed him that day. He didn't even have a name on the back of his jersey. (laughs) We signed him that day. He showed up that day. We only had eight people, seven before Lawrence Moulton. So, I'm looking, I'm like, I'm going to play about 40 minutes. If I make a mistake, I'm not getting pulled out the game. So, that was the most comfortable I felt since the Toronto year. Mm. And I started off a little slow, but boy, it just started clicking yeah. and then the old, the basket fell as big as the ocean and I don't care what shot I was shooting it was going in right. and Rod Strickland just kept finding me and and boy you know one thing led to another and it was, it was a 50 point game
1: I played against Rod one time at um, here in Irvine now um, oh, what was it maybe the one of the big Irvine clubs yeah. uh, I, when I say I against them you know I was on the other team but Man, I, gosh, just on a different level, man. This guy was just, and he's not a big guy, but man, just the moves that this guy was making, just his, his footwork and just his drop steps. I was like, just just so good. Unbelievable.
2: Man, that, that New just York speaking, City, yeah. that New York City playground, uh, you can't teach the skills that he has, man. It's just
1: unbelievable. 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 Like, I played a lot of basketball back in my day. N- not not anymore, but, yeah, you know, in the day, I played a lot. And so I'm going to tell the story, man. I'm gonna yeah, tell. I remember. I'm going to tell the story. So, so everybody listen. So I'm playing your game at this little, you know, probably – Forty and over league, whatever it was, maybe thirty <laughs> and over league at the time. I'm not sure. And you uh, could play with some guys on, you know, on the block and some friends, whatever. And we're, we need one. I think we only have f- like five guys, and we're like, oh gosh, you know, just five. You know, these guys. I'll run up and down the court for, for the for the. Tw- I think there were 20 minute halves, but the, you know, these guys couldn't. So I'm like, ah oh, man, who we should I? I asked them, should I call Tracy? And they're like, yeah, do you think he'll do it? I'm like, I don't know, man. I'm like, all right, hey, Tracy you think you want to come down and play with us? And you're like, oh, man, I just, uh, man, I just have, I played all day. I've been practicing. You're like, yeah, I'll show up. So I give you, I say you give you direction, but I think I give you a wrong turn. So you end up getting there at halftime. We're down by like 12. All of a sudden you come out on the court. Oh my gosh. Anybody listening? I have never seen anybody shoot like that before in my life. Anybody. <laughs> you came over, you were taking two steps over half court and just boom, boom, boom. But you were not, you weren't dunking and, and and light laying up. You were making us better. You'd say, Hey, pick here, come around, dish right to us. And you just made us all better. I mean, you were just raining threes, but at the same time you were just playing, you know? So just the legend that you are in this neighborhood, bro. Uh, And then the story with with some guy tries to to cover you. (laughs) It was so funny. He goes up and you go to to, jump shot and he jumps up and goes off. And you you kind of dished around him and, and put it up and go, nope. And as it's in the air, you turn around and you're, you're going, I get paid for this shit. And all of a sudden, boom, it goes right into the basket. And everybody's like, oh, like, oh, my God, dude, we, I don't know. We won by 20 that night or whatever, but that would, you're still a legend around here, man. We still talk hey. about it. Not just a legend because of your, your, the stuff you've done in, in high school and college and in the pros, but what you did on that high school court or our, our junior high court. Well,
2: that night was funny because I, I I got there and you're like, Man, hurry up, tie your shoes up, hurry up, man. the half's about to start, right? <laughs> we're
3: losing. Uh, we're, losing, we're, lo- we're losing, we're losing my competitive. We're losing, we're losing.
2: You're still wrestling too, by the way. It was oh, one of yeah. your days off. Yeah, so it's cool. like it's like this guy that was guarding me started talking trash.
1: Oh my God.
2: I'm like, this dude must not know who I am. So I love <laughs> when people not know who I am. Yeah. Yeah. I was fresh, you know, back from overseas too. <laughs> yeah. uh, I was done in the NBA. I was still playing professionally. These guys didn't know that. So just like you said, it was off. I'm like, off. Oh. <laughs> I, I was, I was insulted. Right. So I, I, I don't know if you remember me. I, I was like, I'm gonna kill this dude. He just said he just it's on now, child. It's on, <laughs> and uh, yeah, it was it was it was funny. It was a pretty fun
1: night, man. That was so much fun, bro. Just to get to to play with a guy of that of your caliber, and just to see how how good we think we are and how good we really aren't when it comes to you know this. And and you're actually playing on the court with other guys that are if. As good as you are, if not better, and you're drop stepping and turning around, and well, no wonder you gotta do all these moves just to get a shot.
2: Yeah, I mean, you, you know? gotta be able to counter whatever defense is thrown at you. And I've been countering boxing ones and and, and triangle twos since I was in high school. So right. scoring the basketball has always been easy to me. And then when you have, you know, a Michael Jordan or a Scottie Pippen or Dennis Rodman, these guys guarding you, you know and you're scoring on them. Right. And I'm not saying I scored on them at, you know, at a high rate, but you know, once you score some baskets on some yeah. great defenders, yeah, you, you know, com- yeah. coming back to the gym, you know, with people, you know, or, 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 you know, in a pickup game in the in local gym, you know, it's easy.
3: Yeah. Yeah. So, totally.
2: Yeah. It just, you just feel like, you know, then you always got that one that's in the gym that, you know, it's their gym. Their There's
1: gym, always that guy. Gonna, yeah.
2: Yeah. Yeah. So they're going to come over and, you know, I, yeah, this is my gym and blah 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 blah. I was like, okay, all right, keep
1: talking. <laughs> yeah, yeah, totally. And
2: then that's when it's bam, 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 and it's like, you know, the dude, like, who is this dude? You know, and then somebody tells mm-hmm. me, like, oh, no wonder. You know. Oh
1: yeah, that was funny. You know, the, we and, and I wasn't playing much at the time anymore, and I kind of hadn't played for years after, bef- kind of before that. But um about two years later the same team like hey man we need when you want to play i'm like yeah all right so i got and go play and i'm just going to go get a workout in. you know we end up playing that same team and they remembered oh. <laughs> and you know they, there's no coaches on the team but this guy was a player coach type thing
3: right
1: and, and you know we were just a bunch of guys that weren't really playing too much anymore and they had some pretty decent players they came out and started running the, the score up on us i mean and then at, they're up by like 20 and a half they're still Full court pressing. Now I'm starting to get mad. I'm like, oh, now you guys are so. Oh, you got. Oh, you're trying to get us back now, right? So now we I'm getting we lost pretty good, you know. So some guy comes up to me and afterwards, hey man, nice game. I looked at him. I go, fuck you. <laughs> and he goes, he goes, what? You serious? I said, yeah. I said, yeah. I go, you know, I fight for a living. You know, you play this stupid ass game. You want to, you want, want to take care of it right now? And he looked at me and I go, just turn around and keep walking. He turned around and kept walking.
2: <laughs> you know, he doesn't know about those guerreros in these hands. He
1: I know, know, I know, man, I know. I felt bad, but too bad. That's I what know you get for. That. Yeah, yeah, you know. <laughs> so you play, man. You played with everybody and anybody who's anybody. You've played with. I mean, you yeah. you played against. You've played against. You know, Jordan and Kobe and same teams with all of those guys, man. That's that's pretty incredible.
2: Uh, I I feel like I played in the golden era uh, of basketball, and it was from the Magic Johnson. The only legend that I didn't play against, that I wanted to play against in that era that I I missed by a year, I missed by a few days, was Larry Bird. He's the only one I didn't play against. I played against everybody else all the way through LeBron James and D. Wade in the Carmelo year. Uh, That's amazing yeah. From, yeah. from there all the way through today's best.
1: That's kind of like me when in, in, when I came in in wrestling. I got to wrestle with and be on the same locker room as, you know, Ric Flair and Kurt Hennings and Arn Andersons and mm-hmm. people of that age and then transition and see the John Cena's and the Rocks mm-hmm. and, um, you know, the rim stereos and then the younger guys like the Daniel Bryan, the CM Punk's come up. So I got to kind of play against and wrestle with all of those guys. I mean, that's pretty, that's, it's, it's character building a lot. It's, it's career building, you know?
2: I think we played, I think we went through our golden eras at the same time. I think so. Wrestling, wrestling and basketball. I think it mm-hmm. was the same time. How about looking at Dominic out there now? Uh, yeah, Dominic Mysterio, right? I, man, he was, a, he was a little dude, man, in the back when we were all hanging out, you know? that's right it's, it's, I mean he was always around and and now to see him in the business man I'm, I'm really happy for him and, and his dad man I mean, you know Ray's always you know come on man he's our guy too you know, so
1: yeah for sure I'm, it's really I'm, cool, I'm, cool to I'm see real him. Real doing something with them and using them. And, you know, hopefully it continues. I know that uh, sometimes in, in, in wrestling, you're the, you're the chosen one for a minute and then they put you to the side, you know. But yeah. um, I told, just told him, just just enjoy it, man, enjoy it. You're getting out there, getting some great experience. You're wrestling some top guys right off the bat, you know. So learn how to do it because eventually you're gonna be in that position trying to make other people look good. So learn your craft with these guys. You see how it's done from the best right now, mm-hmm. learn from them.
2: Right. Absolutely. And and I, I've always wanted to ask you this question because mm-hmm. yeah. you, you, you've been in the business a long time. Um, who are some of the guys or gals that you trained or that you helped along the way? Because you have a wealth of knowledge. You come up with your family, your dad, your uncles, everybody, man. It's like God rest uh travel classic. God rest his soul. Right, thank you. Um, it's like you are the Guerrero's the great Guerreros, and you have all this knowledge and in in the business and who are some of the guys that are on that level now that you guys have trained or you have trained yourself
1: you know so not that we actually sat and you know took them from not being you know walking on the street to being wrestlers but just dropping some knowledge on them and and passing on what we learned to a lot of the guys was guys like cena when they first came out you know guys like um you know cm punk um and then a lot of the new guys like i got a lot of the new guys in in uh lucha underground like pentagon and phoenix and these guys were already really good that we just started showing them how to be great and how to put what they know of the Lucha Libre style and put it into the American style a little bit, you know? Mm-hmm. So there's a lot of those guys that, uh, that we've able to been able to pass on some Guerrero knowledge to, you know, a little bit. We don't, there, there's a lot of stuff that we save that we don't, <laughs> we don't, we don't give out, right. you know, but there, yeah, yeah, there's a lot of those guys, you know, for sure that, you know, like a Randy Orton and stuff, you know, we being a few years older than him, um, you know, I was able to, you know, not teach him, but, you know, give him a couple of things. And then he, took right with it. That guy's just incredible. You know, he's, he's yeah, better yeah. than all of us. But he, Batista and all those guys, um, guy, it, you know, like them, we were able to help them, I guess a little bit in a sense, you know, they went off and, and, you know, stro- uh, strive to greatness on their own. But, um, you know, just a couple of little, little tidbits of knowledge for sure that we were able to give to them.
2: But a couple, you know, a, a little tidbit of knowledge from you guys is, is a lot. You know, you got to look at what you've done in the business, your tradition from your family. What what you guys have done in the business and the knowledge that you've given, I don't care if it's that much. It's a lot. It can take you over the top to where you may be stuck in one area.
1: Yeah, yeah. Like you and I know, just that little advice, it doesn't seem like a whole lot coming from somebody to us is a game changer. It's a life changer. We'll just make everything click sometimes. So I hope that I was able to give that on, pass that on to somebody that, you know, Things have been passed on to me but there's just those one little thing sometimes that you know for instance uh fit finley one time i was wrestling he was an agent of my match and man i just felt real sluggish that day and i don't know if it was the end of a of a tour you know like a four-day tour or something i just felt like i was just 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 out of it I just wasn't that I didn't have that power and that quickness you know so I ended up wrestling Shannon Moore you remember Shannon Moore yeah A friend of mine we got in the ring um, and I would just slow and just got it I felt almost lethargic I got in the back and fit comes to me and goes Chavo great match I was like I started laughing I thought he was joking he goes no Chavo you really slowed down and you took your time and you everything meant something and I was like really and he's like, no, it was, it was great. You're finally you're slowing it down and you're really getting the people get with the match and you're not just going to the next spot or, or, or doing something next. You're, you're letting everything materialize and settle. And I was like, like wow. I, I thought that I felt so slow and so sluggish. And I was like, Ah, that's what I need. That's the speed right there. I'm not saying that we don't change gears and go faster sometimes. And, you know, go from first gear to third gear to sixth gear, but you can't stay at sixth gear all the time because people right. can't relate to that. So, just that little tidbit of knowledge that um, that fit gave me. And I don't even know if he even if I ever told him or if he even remembers, but that uh, that changed me right there in that day.
2: Well, I, I tell you what. Um and just noticing, you know, because I, I watch Lucha Libre all the time, of course, you invited you me down to Lucha Underground. I really appreciated that. And and yeah, uh, you, you letting my, my son come in there and, and, and hang out with everybody. Um, I do notice that Lucha Libre is faster. It's more boom, 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 boom. Yes. And WWE is a little bit slower, you know, boom, 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 ah, uh-huh. ah, you know, let people right. react to different things. And, you know, I guess. You tell your story, and then over here, it's boom, 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 go, go, go. And, yeah, you, I can see where you have to combine the styles and understand this side and understand that side and, and those who can get both. Like like some of those wrestlers you mentioned, like Pentagon, I, I'm watching them in, in, in AEW now. It's like yeah, to, to, to be able to have met them in Lucha Underground and to see right. them, you know... To see progress, those guys yeah, yeah. progress and get better, and I know, I know you gotta feel good about
1: that. Oh, absolutely! There's like I almost feel like they're my kids a little bit, you know. Yeah. Um, you know, but I just I had a little small a uh, small piece, and then there's a couple other people like you know, of course Conan and Vampiro and stuff, and had dropped knowledge yeah. on those guys for sure.
3: Absolutely. But,
1: you know, I, I definitely see that um, it's just like my uh, my, my, my when they succeed, I feel like I'm succeeding. succeeding you know.
2: Right. Yeah, yeah I, I, I feel, feel, feel the cool, thing- I feel the same way about, you know, like if you look across the board in the NBA and you look at how many Canadian basketball players are in the NBA now. Yeah, right. I, I look at those kids. Most of them are from the Toronto area. Mm. I look at those kids and they remember me when I play. And I look right. at those kids and I call them Raptor babies because <laughs> yeah. where they didn't think they had a chance or a shot in hell at making it at some point you put a protein there and now you see the development of all of these guys. And now they're taking over, you know, Jamal Murray is one of them. No, he's not mine, yeah. <laughs> but uh-huh. but you look at him, he's a, he's on, he's on a high level, you know, and you're seeing other guys come up in there and, you know, Steve Nash is Canadian. It's like, you, you see all yeah, of these right. guys come into the league, you know, and, and, and do great things, man. And, and, uh, I feel like a proud papa, just like you do when some of the guys that you may have pulled to the side, put an arm around, and now you're seeing them do their thing.
1: It gives me some pride to see those guys do well and, and, you know, continuing the sport. I love the business. You know, I love wrestling. Really, really love it. So I like to try to give back to it and not just take, take, take from it. I definitely like to drop some more knowledge, things that have been taught to me and pass that on, you know, Mm -hmm. that gives me joy for sure.
2: Definitely. I, I understand. I'm right there with you.
1: Right, same thing, yeah. Now, were you a a Russian fan as a kid, growing up?
2: I I wasn't until my cousin.
1: Until your cousin, uh, that's
2: right. He took the the Hulk Hogan, Andre the Giant days. He took over the TV on Saturday mornings. And I'm like, man, why are we watching this? What is this? You know, and then all of a sudden, you sit there and watch it, and it grows on you, and you understand it. And you're seeing guys getting her career and you're seeing guys athletically put their bodies on the line and you're seeing stories being told and you're seeing and you're understanding what's going on out there. Now I'm drawing in just like he is. That's right. You know, and now. You know, you guys are doing your thing on Monday Night Wars, and we're talking. I might be in Washington or or, or playing for Denver or somebody or, or Houston, and I'm calling my cousin on Monday nights, and we're talking about what you guys are doing out there. You know, but that started when I was 12, and my cousin was like eight. He, you know, he had spinal bifida, so grandma right. was like. He controls the TV. He watches. Okay, we'll watch what he want to watch. And if it wasn't for him, I might not have even been exposed to to wrestling. So um, I I just thought that I was put in position as as a basketball player to make it and be able to introduce him to his heroes. Yeah, you know what I was able to do with you guys and him.
1: That's awesome, man. He was a good kid too, man. I like talking to him. I mean, a kid, but he's our age, but he was awesome, man. And, uh, you know, God, he's looking down on us for sure. You know,
3: yeah, yeah.
1: I know he is. Yeah. Yeah. Good, yeah. good man. One thing that I definitely think that, that you get and a lot of the great ones do get is the relationship to other pro sports that wrestling has It's the, the entertainment value. You can be, you know, once, once you start making a dollar for a sport, it's not a sport anymore. It's entertainment. Yeah. You know, and even though it could, it's a sport, but at the same time, if people aren't paying for it, it, it doesn't matter because, you know, and I, I use the WNBA sometimes. Every one of these girls can go out there and whoop my ass on, on a basketball court. I mean, they're so good. But Make because, yeah, oh yeah, for sure. Because their audience isn't so huge that you have every, in the summer, these girls are going to Europe to go play just, you know, to keep food on the table. And it's nothing against them at all. Just I'm saying that how they get, eyes have to stay on them you know it's the same thing with wrestling like if you could be a best wrestler in the world but if no one's paying to see you it doesn't matter and in basketball it's the same thing the guys that the greats they understand that entertainment value of it you know Jordan he got that putting asses in the seats didn't just mean scoring points it mean being that showman and you know dunking and having that tongue out and his persona look at Dennis Rodman who got it you know, Dennis Rodman, he's a guy that was already a great basketball player. I mean, he was, you know, Detroit and when winning championships, but didn't become that Dennis Rodman person until he started dyeing his hair and just started, nah, I don't give a shit about anything. And then had that persona come out, you know,
2: throwing and his jerseys in the, in the crowd. Yeah, you yeah. Know, yeah. He he that getting, throws, his, every time getting, he got get, kicked get, out, he threw his jersey in the crowd. Yeah. I that's mean, right. He, that's he, right. You know, he, yeah. he understood it. He understood it, yeah, absolutely. and that's you know
1: instead of just being a member of that you know piston team, that great piston team, he became his own entity, you know his Dennis Rodman, everybody knows Dennis Rodman, where a lot of people unless you were a a fan of you know the of basketball back then, you can't name all five of the pistons. I can, but you know a lot of people, my wife can't, but she knows right. Dennis Rodman
2: mm-hmm. you know yeah, and absolutely, he's been in your neighborhood Thomas yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah, he yeah, was yeah, in the yeah. neighborhood. You know? yeah. uh, but see, the thing about those guys, uh, and, and they yeah. understood this, I started understanding that when I was in Toronto. Mm-hmm. When you're out on the floor, you know you're going to be out on the floor, people come in to see you play, you're going to play 25, 30, 40 minutes a game. Now you can start appealing to the fans. So so it's like trying to get to that point, it's like I got to stay focused. Okay, the only thing I can really do to the fans is sign autographs before the game and after the game and take pictures with them. But if you're playing a lot of minutes and, and you're doing your thing and you're one of the guys, now you can go to the guy in the front row and start having a conversation with him during a, a free throw. You know, it's like right. – these they, they pull people, you pull people in by being able to connect with them around the court while playing. Right. Now, if you have that short leash, you can't do that. Because no. you come into the side before you can even get going. But you know you're gonna be out there. That's when you can build that fanfare around you know, the, especially around the front row of those people who are, who are paying a a lot of money. And then that's when you're going to those appearances and you're able to reach everybody now. But it's, it's like, you, you understand that when you're one of the guys, now you can relax a little bit and have a little bit of fun with people in the front row.
1: What do you, what do you do outside of the court out of playing basketball? What are your What are your hobbies?
2: Well, outside of being a TA for my kids' classes right now, right now, right. <laughs> Besides being a teacher, yeah. homeschool teacher, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, I mean, you know, I, I love to play golf. I was, I was, I, I did go out with my dad yesterday, and we played. Oh, nice. Roy- we played Royal Links. He he's got a little group that he plays with, you know, all the guys his age, and yeah. you know, so we went out to Royal Links yesterday, and we played. That course is tough, man. Um, is it- but but I but I, I love to play golf. Um, um, I love being around my family. Trying to you know we go on family bike rides and stuff like that. I love uh, coaching AAU. My brother's program, Prodigy. Uh, I love helping them and, and, and you know helping develop some of these kids to help them get their college paid for, um, teach them and mentor them about life and and using that orange ball to to advance their life to, you know, not start your life in debt. You get your scholarship so you don't have that student loan debt coming out that most regular students have. Take advantage of, you know, be a good student and, you know, so you can qualify for college and then use that basketball talent to get a scholarship. You know, I I love mentoring kids. I love staying in touch with today's time. Um, I'm I'm a music lover as well. Um, my, my dad, my, my son and I, excuse me, um, we mess around with the beats. Uh, when I needed a little bit of peace of mind, when I was playing, yeah, I had, I had equipment, I had a little studio and I used to do it back then. Now that my son has that interest, I'm starting to get back into it again and start, you know, doing beats and, and putting him in touch with some of my entertainment friends so he can go sit in the studio and learn with some of these guys and, so that and so making music it, yes music That's producer, awesome. um, yeah, doing man. beats and stuff like that so he's he's, he's doing that and i love uh, you know doing that with him when he's with me and then um and then now you know i'm just trying to get get uh help me and my partners we're trying to get uh global uh sports television off the ground and and we're going to have you know, different, uh, sports that we're going to have, you know, we're going to concentrate on basketball at the beginning. And then we're going to introduce football, introduce baseball, introduce soccer, Um, uh, but, but it's going to be globally. We're not just concentrating here domestically. We're, you know, because there's a, a lot of people that live here that go play overseas and they're never even seen. And no one knows what they're doing over there and they have family here. Why not broadcast some of their games over there and bring it back to the states to where their families can see them play? So we're trying to get that off the ground. Uh, I, I think we're pretty close to uh, doing that. And, and then um, the, my um, my other partners with the uh, Elite Pro CBD oil, um, we have ointments, we have oil. We're we're about to launch that as well. So that I've been busy. Oh, with CBD that. is hot so, right now. Yeah, yeah, and, and it works. You know, it it it, does work. It it works. I mean, I I travel. I've never thought that I can get back on the floor with a hip replacement. You know, I've been out there with my daughters helping her train. I I get out there and mess around with those kids that we we coach. Uh, We get out there and play for four, or I might practice with them. You know, I've never thought I can be this active again with a hip replacement. So um, that CBD oil does wonders, man.
1: Was that the same hip as you were a kid?
2: No, it was the other one. Overcompensation. The other one? Yeah, yeah. Really? That became the power leg. That became my dunk leg. Yeah. So, you know, Everybody's like, man, why do you dunk left-handed when you're right-handed? That was the reason why, because I, the power of my left leg wasn't the same, so I had to transfer my mind to go off the right leg, and, dunk, and then that became the wear and tear leg. And then I ended up having an arthroscopic hip surgery on that one in 2000. Yeah, Uh, 2002, right before I came to the Lakers and I kind of got off to a slow start with the Lakers because I was still recovering from that. And then um, seven years ago, I got replaced. So, you you know, that's i never thought that I can feel this good and, 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 and be this active at almost 50 with a hip replacement. Um, but that CBD oil works, man, and and ours is no THC, so you're not you're right. not gonna be high or high while doing it, you know. So Well then, then it, I don't you know, I don't want to use it then. <laughs> <laughs> well, hey, hey but we're, 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 well, that's where the cannabis comes in, right? <laughs> exactly, exactly. <laughs> but, 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 I mean, for my like,
1: glaucoma, only for my glaucoma. <laughs>
2: <laughs> but but yeah, man. I mean, there's there's there wonders in in that cannabis yeah. world, and and. and you know, CBD world and, and, uh, you know, growing up playing in the NBA, you know, and you, I think you knew this about me. I, I, I didn't take a drink or smoke no type of weed. My first drink was 34. My first puff of weed was like 36. Uh, you know, and it was after wow. I was done. It was after I was yeah, done. I didn't, awesome, yeah. I didn't cheat the yeah. fans. you know, I, I wanted to yeah. make sure they got their money's worth. And then I was like okay now what's the big idea with this stuff over here let me see what it's all about Right And you know now i have an occasional drink and every now and then I'll you know have an occasional you know blonde yeah. or whatever but Yeah
1: same thing yeah yeah sure Yeah
2: yeah yeah but but it's like it's like you know the CBD stuff I mean mm-hmm. I, I take my drops every morning and, and and you know you don't test positive in drug tests with with the CBD oil with uh with uh, no THC, so you know, I mean, that's a good thing that we have going
1: on. Yeah, I'm definitely a um, believer in the CBD. I, I have the, you know, a lot of the, the creams, the ointments, and yeah. some of the drops. You know, I, I definitely want. To, we'll talk more about that because I want to uh, get some really, really good stuff. And I've got
2: some, some stuff shit. coming. I got, I got some <laughs> yeah, stuff cool. coming, and, and, I'll, and I'll send it
1: to you. Sure, definitely, and I'll definitely tweet about it and stuff. What kind of music do you like?
2: I like all music. You know, that, and, and when you have a when you have a production mind, you got to be open yeah. to everything. You know, you got to be open to everything. Yeah, you I listen I may to not it be differently, a, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I listen to it and and okay, how do they do that? Ooh, wow! That, did you hear that sound in the background? You know, it's like I listen to it right. differently. I, I I still love my you know, eighties R and B, nineties R and I love uh, you know, I love my nineties hip hop. Uh, I love my my uh, my funk from back in the day, the '70s funk. You know that's yeah, that's right. my that's my go-to where I just want to just listen to music. Um, but I listen to everything. I listen to today's hip hop, today's R&B. Even though they're trying to blend it, uh, you know they gotta find a way to keep that separate because you're gonna eliminate a lot of lot of jobs if you're trying to you know join that genre together you know, they're trying to join it all into hip hop. Right. And, and you know, I I hey, I listen to jazz, I, I I you know, I listen to I listen to country, I listen to rock. I, you know, come on, I mean half right. of you guys entrance music, you know, that you guys have all come out mm-hmm. to you know, it's like some of that back in the day I wouldn't have listened to, but because of who you guys were and your instrument and then it becomes catchy. Yeah,
3: you know, totally. and,
2: and then and then you you know hell, I mean it from 85 through 89, I went to Glendora High. So it was a new wave right. generation then. That's all they listened to is new so like K-Rock was new wave. K Rock was all K Rock. Absolutely.
1: And, yeah, they're listening absolutely. To, you know, uh, to Richard Blade and. Um, right, absolutely. And on,
2: on MTV. Yeah.
1: Yeah, yeah. Poor, poor yeah. Man and all those guys at right. uh, Downtown at, at Julie Brown. Yeah, yeah, all right. of those yeah, yeah, for sure. We used to listen to all of them and you know, be like the the cure and Yeah, you know,
3: Inactive, yeah, all the that. Police, yeah,
1: all that the the Smiths. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All the, yeah, totally. Yep. We still listen yep, to that yep. stuff. I still love that stuff. And we always go to that the jazz fest, yes. to that, the jazz fest. Yes. together. My yeah. buddy um Rich yeah. Sherman at Omega Events has that it um, was cured, on um, team <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, yeah, he was. That's right, that's right. The team that you yep. uh you you came and and lit it up. Yeah, but he's a good guy, man, he's always yeah, uh, I yeah. know the concert and, you know, sh- sports events all kind of shut down because of the coronavirus. You know, we got to we got to get him back going and um, support him. So, mega events, anybody's listening, definitely got to get out there and s- listen to their concerts because they um, they put on good ones for sure.
2: Yeah, they, they put on great ones and, and you yeah. know, I've been to plenty of them, so I'm looking forward to going back.
1: Yeah, now you you love coaching too, right? I mean, I I I know I've seen you on the sides when you were coaching with the Lakers and stuff. And I went to the Lakers yeah. game and I texted you and I said, I, I see you.
2: <laughs> yeah, yeah. I was, I was uh, coaching with right. the Lakers in 2015. I was a shooting coach. Um, so Kobe right. last year, you know, that 60-point game he mm. went out with was awesome. I'm glad That's he right. went out like that. Um, you always want to leave a, a good last impression. And he left. For you sure. know, so he left saying he was the goat. Sixty points on the way out. You know, and that's right. That's that was a uh, you know one of the greatest uh, exits I've ever seen. You know, from 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 a business or from from a uh, you know go, going into retirement and you know to be able to go mm-hmm. back there. I, I played with him in two thousand two, and then to coach him and, and, and be a little bit closer to him because he hung out with the coaching staff. He was a lot older than than his teammates. And, you know, just to be able to rekindle that friendship again before he passed, um, it, it was a cool time. Um, I did coach in the G League. I coached in the WNBA with the Tulsa Shock, uh, with the legend Teresa Edwards. Yeah, right. Um that's oh, So then I – yeah, yeah, Hall of Famer. Uh, and she's got a wealth of knowledge. Um, and I, I was able to also uh, parlay that into broadcasting. So I've been with UCLA for the last 11 years as uh their right. radio radio analyst so uh, you know right, I, Ryan, I, did, I, you. I went to broadcast school while coaching in the g league and i was like whatever oh, one is nice. first that's that that's where i'm going so
1: <laughs> yeah yeah and then you were doing you do some stuff with uh was it is it uh, abc
2: yes abc seven we have the slam dunk show uh after that's the right, games afterwards. on channel seven mm-hmm. um with rob pukazaki michael cooper norm nixon Delisha milton jones you know, that's, that's everybody right. I worked with, and um, we we have a good time on that show. It's kind of loose, um, but you tell yeah, us what yeah, happened now. during the You know, Cooper is, is a character on there, and then to be able to work with somebody that's that I looked up to and and then who was a mentor my whole life to be able to work with him now and on TV, you know, that you know, a lot of family catching up in the green room before we go on. So yeah, we 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 have a good time with that.
1: I want, I want to pull up his, uh, his suit pants and see if he's still got them long socks.
2: <laughs> <laughs> he probably remember he always, does. Remember,
1: he always had those really long socks and those really long really socks, long go, to his socks knees, go right
2: up to his kneecap. <laughs> yeah, that's right. That's
1: right. That's funny. What's yeah. what's you kind of been on the been on the road as much as the wrestlers. So, what's your favorite city to work in?
2: Toronto, hands down. Those, those fans, I had a hand in educating those fans.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: You know, I was there at the beginning. I was on the free throw line one time, and, you know, when you're on the road, That's where I got first met you, people. backstage.
1: I first met you backstage at, I think, the Air Canada Center.
2: Yeah. I mean, we yeah. yeah. There, then, not too long after that, it was New Jersey. I mean, it's like maybe a couple of weeks passed right. by, and we were playing New Jersey. Brooklyn now, New Jersey. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, I was hanging out with you and Eddie in the back over there, too. Um, but back to that uh, Toronto store, I, I was on the free throw line. And they would have these poppers in the back and they were waving them when I was shooting the free throw. And right. we're at home and you're not supposed to do that. So I was yeah. smiling while laughing while shooting my free throws and I knocked the free throws down. So the first question I get when I get in the locker room from the press is, What were you laughing at, at the free throw line? I said, Well, education number one for the fans around here. I know you guys are hockey fans. Basketball fans, we do not wave those at the home crowd. We wave them at the other team. And so, because we want them you know, to miss,
1: we want them to miss. Yeah, we don't want you to miss. Absolutely,
2: <laughs> absolutely. So, you know, there was a lot of educating the fans that I did That's through right. the media at that time right. that I really enjoyed and I had fun with, and I was able to reach out and touch them and actually kind of talk to them through the screen, and and you know, sometimes in person. And so, I mean, that that city is unbelievable with their support. Uh, and, you know, and, and their you know their knowledge came along later, and look at the type of fans they are now. Look at Jurassic Park when they're playing; it goes absolutely crazy. I
3: That's think. right. Yeah. Oh
1: yeah. Uh, yeah, I got some ties to Toronto also. Uh, the first time me and Eddie, uh, well, we had tagged once before in the, in WWE, like two weeks before, like a Velocity or like the pre-show, whatever it was. They just wanted to see what we could do. You know, we did pretty decent. And then uh, I, I get to Toronto and I see Eddie, and he's actually on Raw, but he they. Put him over to SmackDown, and he goes, "Me and you tonight." I said, "Me and you tonight." Oh, okay, because you know he was privy. He was, you know, the bookers would talk to him and stuff. And I still was still young in in the business, so I go, "What do you mean?" He goes, "We're tagging." I go, "Awesome." He goes, "Main event of SmackDown against uh, Kurt Angle and Chris Benoit." I'm like, "Oh my gosh, what?" (laughs) <laughs> oh, okay let's do this and then that's that's the first time we tagged against those other two we just had a great great match we came back and Kurt Angle comes to me and goes "Goes, what the hell was that I go what do you mean and he goes you guys kicked our asses out there yeah. I'm like well <laughs> you're gonna kick our ass right and he's like well yeah <laughs> goes, well, we beat you to it and he was like man you guys were just on a roll and that's so that's my my tie to Toronto right there man
2: well, I tell in you know, that means you guys tore the house down in, in that velocity, you know. And and you That's know, right. Vince is smart, man. You know, he's he's no dummy. He wouldn't have been in, in business no this really. long if he if he wasn't smart. He knows talent. He knows how to get people over. He knows who who the good workers are. He put the good workers in there with the good workers and created a great match. It's and, like, you know, Vince has always been smart when it comes to doing things like that. You know, his creative genius with, with you guys is unbelievable.
1: One thing that I, well, many things I learned from Vince, but one thing I did definitely stuck with me is that one time he told me, he goes, you know what? I failed more than I've succeeded. He says, I've had a lot of crash and burns and, and stuff that just didn't work. But when I succeeded, I succeeded big. Mm-hmm. Basically, he was telling me, don't be afraid to fail. Go out there and succeed because you're going to succeed big. You know? You're know, you going to have some failures, and that's okay. But you're going to go out there
2: and succeed. He's a smart man. That's a rule in life. I mean, for everybody, if you're, if you're scared to fail, you will not succeed because you're always scared to take that next step. I don't care that's if it's right. business. I don't care if it's sports. It's all the same. If you're afraid to make that leap, then you're not going to succeed because you're going to be stuck in that quicksand that you're going to be running in the whole time. You've got to sometimes just say, all right, if I fail, fine. If I don't, and I think athletes understand that more because we all do fail more than we succeed. We do. You know, they look right. at all the successes, but how many times did we fail from kid all the way up before we became consistently good and consistently succeeded? It, it was a lot of fails on the way
1: yeah you're right you're right how many how many shots have you had and how many have you missed they right, don't remember absolutely. the missed one. they remember those uh the ones that you made you know
2: right absolutely kobe missed a lot of them before he made them, that's right you know that's and right. people and, and even them. while
1: he was making some you miss them yeah
2: right absolutely i've done it you know we've all done it mj's right. done it you know so that's right i mean it, you know you don't you don't become great unless you fail you don't become that's great right. unless you 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 go right through that obstacle that's in your way. If you scare that obstacle, you're never going to get by it.
1: Yeah. Anybody listening, you you take that. Don't be afraid to fail. No. All the greats fail before they become great.
2: Absolutely. Absolutely. There would be no Guerrero beers if you weren't afraid to fail.
1: That's right. right. You're right. That's right. right. Those Guerrero Mexican lager would not be around.
2: There you go. I mean, there would be no, (laughs) no. You know, no, no producing. Yeah, hit shows, you know, I mean, you put yourself out there with, you know, glow and everything else you put yourself out there like, okay, I'm going in, I may not know everything I'm doing right now, but I'm going in. That's right. I'm going in with the intention to succeed. But if I fail, at least I learned something while failing. Now, if I get put in that situation again, I already know where I failed at and I'm not going to do the
1: same. Right. I ain't scared. Heinz, right. guy, absolutely
2: this. absolutely you gotta be a risk taker and you are that Chavo. Yeah. you definitely that i, I, you know, I salute you and everything that you're doing brother everything that you're doing I thanks man
1: you. i appreciate it man thank you thank you uh we always end uh, suplexes and cervezas with some uh, rapid fire questions so uh they're just real quick questions and you know you and there's no right or wrong answer you answer how you want you ready yep okay so are you a new cars or vintage car guy
2: I'm a vintage car guy.
1: Nice. What's your what's your uh, dream car?
2: Dream car. Hmm.
1: It doesn't have to be a vintage, you know. But but what's your dream car? If you could you could get a car right now, what would you drive?
2: I, I, I like that. Uh, I like that new Phantom. Oh man, that new Phantom is gorgeous. Oh, yeah. Beautiful. Gorgeous, <laughs> Beautiful. don't you? I know. Yeah.
1: Yeah, 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 yeah. That phantom's nice. That, that's balling right there. That's high balling. Yeah, that's
2: right balling. And that's balling out of my budget. <laughs> <That's ballin'>.
1: <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, if you see me driving around the roll, the, the down the road in a Rolls Royce, you're going to know that I've probably got like $80 million in the bank. <laughs> yeah, there's absolutely. no way I'm going to spend that money on a car that's not going to be worth much in, in 10 years, you know? Um, MMA or boxing?
2: Ooh, that's a tough one. Um in today in, in back in the day, I would say boxing. Today
1: I would say MMA. Ali or Tyson?
2: Iron Mike. That's my man. Nice. I gotta go with Iron Mike. That's my man. Your man, nice, too. Nice,
1: nice. I just I just did a commercial with him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The Smart Coast commercial. And he's what a good guy. Yeah, he is a Tyson good guy. Tyson ranch. Check it out. Good stuff. Yeah, yeah. he is a good yeah, guy. Yeah, for sure. Real good guy. If you weren't a basketball f- player or a fan uh, do you would you rather watch football or baseball football are you a movie, a movie? are you an old school guy or the hangover
2: <laughs> I'm an old school guy I'm an old school guy hangover is right. hilarious but I'm an old school
1: guy I know right I love it Frank the Tank
2: <laughs>
1: Hulk Hogan or Ric Flair Woo! Yes,
2: okay. I got to go with Rick Flair, man. I, I right. mean, I, I like Hulk. Sure. I've done some charity events with Hulk. Hulk's a good guy, but but, but Rick, man, he's he just all around to me. He was just all around entertaining, on in and out of the ring. Yeah, I agree.
1: I agree. Uh, Randy Savage or Ricky Steamboat?
2: Ooh, shoot, and that was a rivalry too. I know. Ooh. God rest uh, Savage's soul. Uh, I. I I love Steamboat. I love them. love them to death, uh, but I'm going savage. Gotcha.
1: Savage. Okay. NWO or Degeneration X.: <laughs> That's Monday Night War Central right there. A, it,
2: sure, it sure is. And, and you know That's what? Tough. At that time, at that time, I was team WCW. they were bringing it. Right. Um, but, the, but the NWO got oversaturated, uh, uh, and yeah. it, it, it sure. kind of spoiled it for me, uh, so I would say degeneration X.
1: Yeah, um, NWO, I should say like NWO, like early NWO. Yeah. I, I got to change that question because... Early you know,
2: NWO, it, I'm going yeah. with NWO.
1: Right, right. What DX did right was not have 5 million members. Absolutely.
2: Yeah, there was like a few it,
1: and it stayed there, yeah, for sure.
2: Yeah, when you got Scott Norton and Buff Bagwell joining, it's like, all right, we're doing too much. Now you got Virgil joining, it's like it's too much.
1: Yeah, yeah, you I know? agree. Yep. Uh, Stallone... Or Arnold Schwarzenegger,
2: Stallone. I can't have a Terminator chasing me the whole time.
1: Right. Yeah. Yeah. Summer Olympics or Winter Olympics?
2: Summer Olympics.
1: Summer. That being said, is it a woman's beach volleyball guy or a woman's gymnastics guy?
2: Gymnastics, because I support the women's gymnastics team at UCLA. I'm really good friends with with Coach Bow, and I, I really appreciated what she did with those young women. I was really good friends with the volleyball, with the gymnastics team as well as the volleyball team in, in college. But uh, more gymnasts and then uh, definitely gymnastics team.
1: Cool. Eddie Murphy or Dave Chappelle?
2: Dave Chappelle.
1: Sugar Ray Leonard or Marvelous Marvin Hackler?
3: ooh
2: That's a tough one. That was, that was a real tough one right there, I but I'm going to go with Ray Leonard. I'm going to go with Ray, Ray Leonard. Leonard.
1: All right, right Sugar Ray, nice guy. I, I saw him not too long ago, and I swear he looks the same. He does an age.
2: He does all he does is golf?
1: <laughs> man, he he looks the same. I mean, his skin is like, man, are you doing that Botox or what, man? It's, it's perfect.
2: <laughs> he didn't get hit. <laughs> yeah, he, yeah, he he stayed away from that. He kept yeah, moving. Yeah.
1: I know, I know. And uh, last one: Are you a boob guy or a butt guy?
2: Butt guy. Yeah, legs. That's what you I am do, too. Uh, yeah, definitely. <laughs> Definitely,
1: guy. But <that. laughs> well, brother, man, it has been a pleasure talking to you and catching up, and uh, having to do this uh, interview as as a interviewer and as as opposed to just a uh, being on the phone and 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 rapping.
2: Oh yeah, I mean, I appreciate it, man. Thanks for you know, it's it's an honor, man. You know, we've been friends for a long time, and, and when you asked me to be a part of your podcast, man, you know, it's, it's, it's truly an honor because. I don't take our friendship for granted, and I also what? know, you know, the level of person I'm talking to here. You know, you, you're a guerrero. You've done, uh, you know, you put on, put the crown on you guys here for what you guys have done in the business. You know, what I'm saying, and, and and your reputation of, of of being a professional and everything, and you know, I'm not taking for granted where I am on this podcast. So I, I really do appreciate you for thinking about me in this way and bringing me on your podcast.
1: Hey, man, I've had a pleasure just talking to my friend for sure, man. Um, where can anybody find you right now? What, and uh, what are you up to and where can they find you?
2: Well, uh, right now I'm just uh, helping my my brother with AAU teams while, while the COVID is going on because we're all right. just trying to stay out the way until things clear up a little bit. Um but I've been active on Twitter during and, and Instagram and, and, and Facebook during the playoffs. Uh so you can catch me uh Facebook at uh Real Tracy Murray. Um on Instagram at Real Tracy L Murray, on Twitter at Real Tracy Murray. Um I'm I've been pretty active recently, especially uh last night. <laughs> I was really active last night. <laughs> yeah, they gotta stop flopping, man. I'm getting tired of flopping and going to the to the uh let's go to the monitor to see what happens. If it wasn't no flopping, you don't have to go to the monitor. So they got to clean that up.
1: Right, right. I agree. I agree, man. Again, brother, it's been such a pleasure, Tracy. We'll uh, get back out on that golf course soon and uh, go hack it up.
2: Yeah. I look forward to it, man. Cause you, you really turned it on that back night. Like you said, you turned it on that day
1: my body starts working all of a sudden, man. I, if I don't go out and hit like, you know, like a hundred balls before I just, it takes me a while for my body start being, my hips start moving and start uh, all forming as one and not have my arms, my hands do all the, all the work, you know?
2: Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Golf is just a different, it's a different beast, man. You, you can't power it that is. ball and you can't use all arms. You got, it's gotta be a whole body turn your, you know, turn your shoulder thing and come through with the body type of deal. I mean, it's, if you want consistency, otherwise that ball will fly yeah. all over the place.
1: It doesn't make any sense to me. Like in any other <laughs> sport I play, you kick it harder, you throw the ball harder, it goes, it goes harder, it goes faster. Yeah, you know, absolutely. In golf, it's not. It's not. The harder sure. I hit it, it doesn't go as far. It's the weirdest thing.
2: It is. It is. I mean, it, it, if you're not careful to go two feet in front of you, you hit a worm burner. <laughs> but, but yeah, I mean, I mean, yeah, it's, it's a smooth swing. It's a swing all the way through. It's follow through. It's just consistent fluidity throughout the swing. Yeah, yeah, for sure. For sure. Yeah.
1: Again, Tracy, has been a, a, a pleasure, man. Great talking to you as always. I'm sure we'll be in touch. Thank you, brother. We'll be, I appreciate we'll be texting, it. commenting on each other's pictures and uh, <laughs> go from there, brother.
2: Definitely, definitely. When this thing clear up, man, we're back out there. Or, or whenever whatever we can where we're in town with each other, man. We're we're back out there.
1: Sounds good, sounds good. Love you, brother. All
2: right, Talk brother. To you soon. Love you too, brother. Take care. Bye.
1: You too. Right. Bye-bye. Bye
3: bye. Bye. I call the extreme Watch out homie, slow your roll Before I bounce on your head like a 64 She good game, keeps all game That's why I'm calling out busters And calling out names Take a shot of Guerrero Tequila Then I start wrecking shop like Bajo Villa Sa, just patras Like Roberto Duran, you'll be staying on Mars. Round the outside, see you round the outside If I don't catch you here, then I'll see you outside Then I'll snoop dog you and drop you like a and break your ass off like a crooked ass cock See this is the part where your face beats the crowd Step up, jump up, and get beat down Love, love, and let's Get down The heat like mad when they do the rhythm of a beat I wear my bags down like a king wears a crown Step up, jump up and get beat down Respect the name, bottom line We'll crack your frame and embed it in your brain Got nothing to lose, so I go for broke I hope you got the memo that I ain't no joke Epa, epa, la conecta What you gonna do when I come to get shot? all Tell me how you do it. Mexican connection, so there's nothing to it. Hit em up, toss them up, what, what? I do what I want, cause I don't give a what. Love, love booty, let's get down.